Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Connected by Community, brought to you by Ballantyne Capital Advisors. I'm your host, Anthony Kolonchenko, and with me is our lovely friend and employee at Ballantyne. I was about to say co-worker. Co-worker, <laughs> uh, Ann Thompson. And today, we have a special episode. We get to talk about ourselves. Yeah, Brian's on vacation at for two weeks. Unbelievable, right? So uh, we're on our own running the office and, and uh, running the podcast. <laughs> so we get to talk to you all a little bit about who is Ballantyne Capital Advisors and what we do and what's our process um, and what makes us special. Uh, but before we jump in, I'm going to start with Anne on telling us a little bit about yourself or if we have some new people listening in. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Okay. So my name is Anne Thompson. Uh, I've lived in Greenville about 30 years, originally from New Jersey. Um, my husband's a local from Anderson, so we met in college. I've uh, been down here ever since college. Um, professionally, I worked in the communications industry for a long time, spent a good amount of time at Bell South and AT&T, got out of that industry and got into finance. It's just a passion of mine. I always had an interest in it. And when I left communications, I wanted to do something totally different. So I got into finance and started with Merrill Lynch, worked there for about four years and then moved on to Charles Schwab. I uh, worked at Charles Schwab right around four years. I just recently left there a few months ago and came over to Ballantyne Capital Advisors. Awesome. So I'll jump in and tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm originally from Philadelphia. I think a lot of people could tell by the oh, accent. Oh, I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I usually get New York, but I am originally from Philadelphia. My wife and I, Jacqueline, moved down here about four years ago. So we've been in the area for about four years. We have two uh, beautiful little girls, uh, mm -hmm. five, year, five years old and a two-year-old. Uh, I better get that right or I'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> she just turned two, right? So yeah, <laughs> She did this year. Um, I've been in the industry for about 15 years. I... Uh, hold various positions in uh, operations, but more in, in investment management and portfolio mm -hmm. creation, helping financial advisors with uh, creating portfolios for their clients. Um, always had a passion to get on this side of the table. Um, got my CFP at a very young age uh, in my 20s um, and had a passion to really help people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had the opportunity to actually work with Brian. He was a client of mine and see what he did for his clients and the difference he was able to make. And that's really what drove me to want to uh, be a, an advisor myself. Wow. So one thing that we have in common is we've known Brian a long time. Long I time. mean, I was introduced to Brian uh, it, during my AT&T and Bell South days. He used to do a lot of seminars. And a lot of my old coworkers that I worked with over there are clients of his. And when I came um, was thinking about coming to this side to work for Brian, I kind of talked to some of those clients that have been clients for, if not a decade, mm -hmm. two decades, you know, and they're just still very happy, had very good things to say, um, positive about the money management. They've been taking distributions for years and they're happy where, um, where they are with their finances. So that was a big push for me to come over and work for Brian. Uh, before that, I kind of used him as a sounding board in this industry. I, I talked to him, we'd meet for coffee and, and he would 
provide me with some direction and his he he likes giving his thoughts so he would always uh be um and I was asking for it I was asking for that advice so uh we've known him for a long time so that's funny that we find ourselves in this position I had the for him. same exact <laughs> as a soundboard that's exactly right you know I, I had this vision of maybe starting my own firm mm-hmm. in Philadelphia and uh, I saw Brian as a friend I've known him for 15 years uh called him up and was like hey this is what I'm thinking I'm gonna do and and that's when he was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you want to still live in Philly? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to move down south? And uh, uh, my wife and I always had that vision of you know getting out of Philadelphia. Just never knew where we would end up, and right. love Greenville area, and probably will never go anywhere. Else. Well, good, good. So. Now, has the rest of the family started moving after you? Uh, just my dad's here, so there. Uh, everybody else is still in Philadelphia, and her family's still in Philadelphia. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Well, let's talk a little bit about Ballantine Capital Advisors. We are a registered investment advisor, um, abbreviated RIA in the industry. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've been, so Brian started this firm. It's going on 25 years. So we get to celebrate 25, his 25 year anniversary um, with Ballantine Capital Advisors. Um, and he, he really started the firm. Um, if you heard him tell a story, right? I mean, he had this passion of really mm-hmm. helping people and had this passion for finance um, and and decided to get in this industry coming from the automotive industry. And um, he, he learned pretty quickly, right? He started his career out with Wells Fargo and mm-hmm. um, some of these big, big wirehouse firms right. um, and learned quickly that to better serve clients, we needed to be completely independent. Right. Um, and, and that's what we are, right? We're completely independent. We have the ability to do what's right and what's mm-hmm. best for our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really driven by a process. And I think we want to talk a lot about that today. Um, I, I get a lot of questions, and I, and I don't know if you do too. And moving here about four years ago, a lot of people, you start meeting people and they say, hey, what do you do? Yeah. Right. And hey, I'm a financial advisor. I help people retire and stay retired. Right. And usually the first question I usually get when I mention financial advisor is investment related. Right. Yeah. 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 What's going on in the market? Do you have yeah. the next best Hot thing? Hot stock pick. What's the next <laughs> best thing? Um, and to us, the investments is really just a tool. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're building in a house, you have multiple tools that you, you would use to build a house. Right. Investments is just a tool for us. Um, and it really starts with the process, right? Purpose-based mm-hmm. investing, right? That's what we call it, right? Having a process. What are you trying to accomplish? What is your purpose for investing? Um, is it an emergency fund? Is it, is is it, it college education? Is it college education? Mm-hmm. Is it retirement? Is mm-hmm. it you're buying a house in five years? Is it you're buying a car in 10 years, right? right. What, what's the purpose? And then we could look in our toolbox and decide how we want to invest those funds. Yeah. I think it's hard for people when they meet us in public and they hear what we do to not have an immediate response of what's this, what's that, what do you think about this? Um, and totally don't mind ask, answering those questions, mm-hmm. but um, the issue is finance is, is a big world. There's a lot of different products and services available. It's really identifying what's right for that one individual, one client, one household um, because there are so many tools, you know, uh, and your age plays a big part in it. You know, if, you're, if your goal is retirement, um, 
maybe you have 20 years in order to plan for that goal, or maybe you only have five. Uh, so that really depends on how we structure a portfolio. Uh, and we go through several different meetings with clients to identify what their their goals, their ambitions, their dreams, and then building a platform. Hey, what's your risk tolerance too? You know, are you, what are you scared of? Um, so that's a lot of what we do. And a lot of people don't want to go through that uh, because it's kind of looking inside yourself. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we kind of do the job of a financial therapist. I right. mean, uh, we're, we're digging up some of those uh, past burdens that you've, or current burdens that you have. Yeah, I can't give you an, an investment um, strategy without actually knowing, right? The doctor right. won't give you a prescription without, without knowing what's wrong, right? right. So I can't, I can't give you a strategy without knowing your purpose and what we're trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. So it, it's funny, um, in coming over to Ballantyne, I'm kind of like doing this on myself and my husband and, and going through learning the process, I'm doing it on myself so I can better learn the process of that purpose-based investing. And I'm asking those questions of myself and asking my husband to answer. And uh, a lot of times we answer totally different ways. It's, it's funny how um, his goals don't always align mm-hmm. with my goals. And um, what I think is enough is not necessarily enough in his mind. Uh, so even within families, it's, it's funny the different um, wishes that they have in the end. Absolutely. I think we see it all the time yeah. where typically the man is usually the the one that handles the finances, but we, we love getting both involved, right? right. It, it's super important because unfortunately the man usually passes away first as well. So yeah. at, at, at a certain point, um, the, the spouse will need to get involved. So mm-hmm. it's super important for us that to get both inputs mm-hmm. um, and, and understand both goals and wants and needs. Um, for us to truly put a plan together. Yeah, probably 90% of the time that doesn't happen, that both parties are involved. And it's usually the, the, the wife is left not knowing things, not knowing how to do things and not knowing. I mean, she knows how to write a check and everything in her checkbook, but the things beyond that, mm-hmm. the investments, you know, if there's life insurance policies, that kind of Where thing. Where their money's coming from. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, um, we always want to get both people in the households, the uh, husband and the wife involved when we're doing plans. Um, one thing that really attracted me to Ballantyne that I used to have a lot of questions about at Schwab was, you know, it's the old term with the commercial with the um, uh, squirrels, uh, getting you to and through retirement. So the way Ballantyne does planning actually shows somebody a, hey, this is what we're going to do the first five years. This is what we're going to do from six to 10. This is what we're going to do 10 plus years. And and these are where your assets are coming from. Um, I haven't really seen that kind of detail before uh, at Merrill or Schwab, and it's been really a pleasant surprise. And, you know, um, it provides really some detailed answers and, hey, this is on paper and this is what your expectations are. 
Yeah, we we call that our sort of our bucket strategy of retirement right. income, right? Um, so typically what happens is you retire and you have this lump sum of money, right? Mm -hmm. Let's call it a million dollars. Um, just for simplicity. You don't have to have a million dollars to retire, <laughs> no. but we'll just we'll use just, this as an example. <laughs> just as an example. Um, you have this million dollars, and, and typically what we see is, you know, some financial professionals will say, hey, let's take that million dollars, let's invest it one way, put all your eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. right? We'll do it a 60-40 portfolio, we'll take 4% off of that, and that's, you know, how we're going to do that. But I, I don't think people realize some, one of the risks, right? Mm -hmm. I, I because uh, it's not really talked about a lot, and that's called sequence of return risk. Right. Right. When do I get my returns? And I think a lot of people seen this last year when, you know, the markets are down 20%, around 20%, mm -hmm. um, and you're taking 4% off of your portfolio, you're taking money that is down, and you're taking a withdrawal at the same time. It's very hard to recover that way. Right. So one thing that that we do is called the bucket strategy, right? We, we want to segment your money um, in different buckets mm -hmm. um, because you, you need that paycheck, right? So we, we're going to do bucket one, which is years one through five, um, which is the money you're spending for the first five years. Um, bucket two is six through 10, which are money that you're going to spend six through 10. And then bucket three is your long-term, long-term money. Right. Um, and we, and, I, and I'll use the example that we tell, tell all our clients, right? It's the, the grill, the fridge, the freezer. Um, and we all love, I think this is, we all love this food, right? Yeah. We all love food. So if we all went to the supermarket and saw that, you know, filet mignon was on sale for pennies on the dollar, yeah. we're going to buy a whole bunch of it, right? Um, we're going to put probably some on the grill because we're hungry and we're right, going to eat right. that now. Put some in the fridge for later mm -hmm. and some in the freezer for for weeks from now, right? right. Months. And, months. <laughs> and, that, and that's really how we think about money, right? You, right. You're going to spend some now, some some sooner, and some, you know, yeah. later, right? So, um, and that really helps clients sort of see the process, right? It's a process. Right. The first thing we talk about is that process. Where's mm -hmm. your money? What income you have? What's your expenses? We have inflation built in. We have taxes. These yeah. are things that we need to talk about and kind of show clients yeah. before we get into any investing or, or what we do with the buckets, right. right? We need to agree on the process before we could agree on the investments. Right, right. Totally agree. And the grill, fridge, freezer is a good analogy to, you know, your immediate needs, uh, your moderate needs, which is kind of like that middle bucket. Mm -hmm. And then your long-term needs, because your long-term needs obviously can go into a much more aggressive portfolio because, um, I mean, history tells us the market has continuously gone up, but you, you go through times like we went through last year where we hit a, it almost went down 30% at, at its bottom last year. So um, we're going to have times. We see that in history all over the place that we go through bear markets, Yeah. Once every five years, sometimes it's shorter than that. Sometimes it's longer than that. Uh, but it's a big downward momentum when that happens. I think that scares a lot of people. Uh, so when you have that bucket one or the assets, those stakes we're putting on the grill tonight, I mean, it's not tonight. It's, it's this year, next year, the following. It's five years. Uh, so those assets are in a safer environment they're not making as much return, but you we're know not you get having, a check. Yeah, you know you're getting a check. You know you can sleep at night, and um, I think that differs from a lot of people's uh, 
perception of, oh, I'm going to buy dividend-paying stocks and, and just be living off the dividend. Well, as we saw in 2008, a lot of companies stopped their dividend. Not only did they have, was there a drawdown in the market, mm-hmm. but a lot of good-paying dividend stops, stocks stopped paying that dividend. Perfect example is Disney. Disney still hasn't picked up their dividend. So if you continued to hold it through 2008, you never received a dividend. So if you were counting on that for income, then you're kind of in a lurch. <laughs> exactly right. And and when you have downturns like we did last mm-hmm. year, you, you don't have to touch bucket three, right? right? I mean, you know, in retirement, it's about trying to pull different levers, right? Mm-hmm. Having different levers, right? So when the market's up, we might be able to pull from bucket three and replenish bucket one, right? Because the market has done well, we'll take some profits off the table. But when the market is is down, we, we don't have to do anything, right? I mean, yeah. your bucket one is probably earning a little bit. Um, with where interest rates are today. Right, right. So we're actually doing truly what we preach, and, and that's selling high and buying low, right? Yeah. So that's really what we're what we're trying to accomplish. I, you know, um, a lot of clients get stuck on this, you know, all my eggs in one basket, 60-40, taking 4%, and there's a lot of financial professionals that believe in that because they believe over a long period of time they could, they could beat that 4% withdrawal. Right, right. But when the market's down, it's hard to stomach. Yeah, yeah. When you're taking four percent off of and selling at the low, that's that's a tough one to recover from. Um, so let's talk about a little bit of, about Valentine and our people. Um, where obviously I've worked for big entities like you have, uh, where there's a lot of people that work for those organizations, the Charles Schwabs, the Merrill Lynches of the world. Um, Valentine's a lot different. I mean, it's a much smaller house, uh, but I feel like we have a lot of brain power mm-hmm. in there. Uh, we have several CFP certifications. Uh, tell us a little bit about the people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we take really great pride in our commitment to excellence, I'll say. Yeah. Um, you know, we have three CFPs. We have four CRPCs. We, you know, um, we have a staff member right now sitting for, I think it's the CHFC. Yeah. Um, we take great pride in our staff and mm-hmm. continuing their education and, and pushing them to want to be great, right? I mean, right. it only it helps the firm, but it also helps our clients mm-hmm. to have that expertise. Um, I, and we think it's really important to have that, and I think that's one thing that really makes us different uh, in the industry. Is we, you know, we're we're pushing our staff to do stuff like that, um, but. It, they don't have to feel like they just could talk to myself, you, or Brian, right? Because right. um, we have staff that are able to answer the technical questions um, because they have their CFP and, mm-hmm. and they've been through it and, and they've been in the industry for 15 years and they've been doing um, the same process that we, you know, that we preach. Right. And and um, we're not the only ones doing all the work. I mean, <laughs> they're doing the planning for the client as well as we're doing assisting with that planning process, but a lot of the teammates are actually in the trenches doing the planning on the individual clients. So the clients have more points of contact that know what's going on with their individual accounts. Yeah, absolutely. We take a team approach, mm-hmm. right? So even if you might work just with me or Ann or Brian, you know, just know that we're, there's a whole team behind it, right? It's right. not just Brian um, putting the plan together, right? Brian, it might be Brian, myself, and and Katrina, right? right. It, you know, there's a whole team behind us. Um, it's not just the financial advisor. Um, so we never want our clients to feel, I just need to talk to 
to Anthony or, or, or just Brian. Just uh, we want our clients to feel like, hey, there's a whole team that's working on your case. Right, right. Yeah, I, it's it's very encouraging to see that. Uh, when when I worked at Schwab, I did everything. Um, I did the planning, I did the prep work, I did the calls, I did everything myself. So it's nice to have some people that are supporting me that uh, can do some of that other stuff too. <laughs> I know the paperwork, but I sure do count on other folks to help me with the paperwork. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Um, and, and I think one of the other things that kind of stand out uh, from Ballantyne is our service and our commitment for, mm-hmm. for our clients, right? We, we, we do what we say we're going to do. Um, and um, I think the service industry has taken a little hit since since COVID, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people working from home, and I think some people m- maybe got a little lazy um, during during the COVID. We we didn't, right? I mean, we I don't know if clients really realize what goes on in the the back end of you know a plan and 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 the process and how we have to push custodians to kind of do thing, uh, yeah. do things. I mean, we're following up. We have a whole process that we follow up every two days um, to make sure think, things are getting done and, and getting done properly. Um, so I, I think our commitment to service and making sure we do what we say we're going to do is really what sets us apart. Yeah. Well, you mentioned custodian. So let me ask you that question. So Brian describes it as a three-legged stool. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, where you, it's the anti-Bernie Madoff solution, shall we say. Uh, the three-legged stool being, um, you know, one is us as the money manager, uh, planner, everything else that we do for the client. The next leg is the custodian, um, that being TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab, and the third being the client. So the client can see their assets and see what we're doing, see what the custodian's doing. They can get statements from the custodian if they wish, mm-hmm. um, and instead of just relying on us for everything. Now, we do still provide them with a platform mm-hmm. where we consolidate and, and give them a lot of views that they, that they can see. Uh, but they can also go actually look at the individual, you know, run reports, um, change beneficiaries yep. on the fly, that kind of thing through the custodian. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot different than maybe like an Edward Jones right. uh, where they're acting as everything, right? right? So they act as the custodian, the advisor, the investments, right? They're mm-hmm. acting as sort of, sort of everything. Uh, we believe, it, like I said in the beginning, to be completely independent. Mm-hmm. Right. So we use a TD Ameritrade or a Charles Schwab as the custodian. They hold the funds. Right. right. We're not holding the funds. Um, they take that responsibility. So the clients could always go to TD and Schwab mm-hmm. and see their funds and call TD and Schwab. Right. That's that's being independent. Um, so that that's also really different than, you know, uh, uh, maybe an Edward Jones uh, or down the block. So right. we, we are truly independent um, when we pick custodians. And we do have platforms that will aggregate so mm-hmm. clients don't have to log on to three different custodians. Right. But it also gives us the flexibility if, you know, Charles Schwab does something, um, we have the ability to say, well, we don't really agree with what they're doing if they're raising prices or something like that. Right. That we have the ability now, because we're independent, to go out and shop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not sort of stuck in that um, all-in-none, all-in-one right. solution. Right. Let's say you're at a dinner party. What's what's the best advice that you would give somebody that was peppering you with questions? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, 
usually the, the the questions I usually get are around investments. You right. know, you know, once someone finds out, oh, you're a financial advisor, they start asking questions around the market, right? Um, and and how they invest, or, or you know, are we active manage managers, or you know, what are we doing? Um, and usually I, I tell the the process story, um, and, and it's usually what's your process, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, I don't really jump into investments and and go back and forth with someone about Apple stock or or you know I, I really talk about our process at Ballantine right. um and really try to understand why they're a- ans- asking those questions right <laughs> um I think a lot of times clients have their 401k mm-hmm. right so that they consider that they're hey we're we're just investing in there but I'm going to have all this money on the side and I'm going to play with it, right? Yeah. And there's a difference between investing and trading, right? Or, right. or, or, or gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a big There's difference. a lot of gambling in, in stock market. Uh, um, there's a lot of uh, investments that are very raise red flags, mm-hmm. one being crypto, uh, NFTs, mm-hmm. all that, like, FOMO, fear of missing out kind of thing. When you see a run-up in a stock, everybody has to jump jump on board. It's, it's kind of like going to the shoe store, and all of a sudden a pair of shoes goes way up in price. You're not going to buy right. them. You know they're worth, I don't know, 100 bucks. They're not worth $350. Uh, yet in the stock market, it's the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. People, if something's going up, they think they need to buy it. Right. Versus when things are on sale, like when we're in a bear market, they're all scared. Yeah, and I'll say even stock picking, right? Yeah, Trying to yeah. pick, it's like going to the roulette table. What number are you going to select, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. uh-huh. um, so you know, it's just not a game that we're going to play right. um, in, in the investment world. We're, you know, we we believe in a, a structured investment philosophy mm-hmm. where we're not going to we're not going to bet if Coke or Pepsi are going to which one's going to do good. We might just buy both, right? right. Um, so we, we don't play in that game. So the question, you know, you ask is if someone asks me a question, you know, what, what, what do I explain to them mm-hmm. what we do? And, and it's really the process, right? right. You know, it, it, and try to explain to them that the process, it, having a process beats the product. Right. Right. Um, that there, we have all the tools available and we could talk about those tools, mm-hmm. but I start first need to know what your purpose and what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Right. It's hard to get that across to, to people a lot of times. Uh, uh, but that's a great ending point. Um, uh, thanks for talking with me today and being on Connected by Communities. Uh, this is this is kind of like the flagship of Brian, and it's been a lot of fun participating in it. Uh, I think we spend a lot of time bringing communities together and um, interviewing uh, small businesses and not-for-profits and connecting the community that yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody ever has any questions about Ballantine Capital Advisors or or maybe wants a second opinion or um, just wants to ask some questions, um, you can reach us at ballantinecapital.com or, or wealthteam uh, at ballantinecapital.com or just give us a call at 864-322-6046. Yep, we're on uh, a bunch of social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, there's a LinkedIn. <laughs> TikTok. I think no, no. Connected by communities on TikTok. Yeah, connected by communities on TikTok. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you for uh tuning in to this episode and learning more about Ballantine Capital Advisors. Um go out and make our community great. <laughs>